Welcome to the Body Mind Soul Project podcast, where we discuss ideas about how to reach our potential as human beings in the domains of fitness, spirituality, wisdom, achievement, and business. This podcast is recorded live on the Body Mind Soul Project Facebook page daily. So it's time to buckle up because here we go. On a journey of self-improvement, you know, the reason I got into this is because in my life I've had to overcome a lot of things. And if it wasn't for getting involved with personal development in the first place, you know, who knows where I would have ended up. You know, probably not uh, where I am right now. And so what I want to do is over the next, you know, 15 or 16 or so episodes of the Body, Mind, Soul Project, I want to go over in great detail what my philosophy about personal development is. And this is a philosophy that is a compilation, you know, of many of the mentors that I've had over the years, you know, and um, I really believe that it can be beneficial to all of those out there that are listening and watching to this, if they're able to get even a couple of ideas from what it is that I'm about to share, it could be absolute game changers for them, okay? So I wanna start off by talking about what I believe is the foundation of all great achievement, okay? So I wanna start by saying that there's one thing that I can tell you that has had the biggest effect on what your weight is, what your bank account balance is, what your career is, where you live, how happy you are, how unhappy you are. There's one thing that is responsible for affecting that more than anything else. It's just one thing. And what that one thing is, is your decisions. It's your decisions that have the biggest impact on your life, okay? It's not the economy. It's not who the president is or who the prime minister is, depending on which country you're from. It's not what the tax rate is, you know? It's not who your boss is. It's not who your parents are. It's not who your in-laws are, okay? It's your decisions, right? Those things play a role, but the role that they play is very, very minor compared to the role that your decisions play, okay? Because your decisions are what affect what happens to you more than anything else, okay? Now, when it comes to your decisions, I'm not talking about your big decisions. I'm not talking about you deciding, oh, you know, uh, who I want to work for, who I want to get married to, where I want to live. You know, usually when we make big decisions, because we know the ramifications of these decisions are so uh, huge, usually when we make those kind of decisions, we spend a lot of time doing it and we often make the best decision. But the decisions that have the biggest impact on your life are not these huge, seemingly huge decisions. It's the seemingly small, insignificant decisions. It's the decisions about whether you're gonna hit the snooze button, you know, when you wake up, or are you gonna wake up 30 minutes early and get a bit of a workout in before you go to work, okay? It's the decisions about whether or not you're gonna eat an apple a day, or if you're gonna eat a candy bar a day, okay? It's the decision about whether or not you're gonna take that walk around the block, or if you're gonna sit down and watch your Netflix. You know, it's the decisions about whether or not for that last hour at work, you're just going to dog it a little bit and just kind of coast or whether or not you're actually going to stay focused the entire time while you're at work, you know, because it's small 
insignificant decisions over long periods of time that end up making massive impacts on your life, okay? So nothing great can ever be achieved until we realize this, okay? And realizing that it's our decisions that are responsible for our life makes us realize that we are the ones that are responsible for our life, okay? And until we acknowledge that we're the ones that are responsible for our life, there's no way for us to ever make any sort of meaningful change. So before I get into other, you know, self-improvement, personal development topics, this is the foundation. You know, it starts with this. It starts with us realizing that, listen, the buck stops here. You know, that if it's to be, you know, then it's on me, right? So how do we do this, right? How do we do this? How do we accept responsibility? First of all, we accept responsibility by being conscious in the moment of it, okay? So just by bringing it to your attention, you know, hopefully this is gonna make you more responsible. One of my favorite quotes from Sun Tzu is that, in order to evade a trap, first one must know that it exists, okay? So hopefully now that we're conscious of this, when that alarm hits, you know, in the morning, turns on, we don't hit the snooze button right away, okay? Because we remember that, listen, it's our decisions. It's our decisions that make a difference. So that's the number one thing. We gotta stay conscious. We gotta make our decisions consciously. We can't make our decisions automatically. See, making your decisions automatically means that you're leaving your decisions up to habit, okay? And when you leave your decisions up to habit, well, the habits that you currently have are the habits that are putting you in the position that you're in right now. If you wanna be in a different position, then you need different habits. And the only way to change those habits is to consciously make your decisions, okay? So be conscious of what you're doing, right? And the next thing that we wanna do is we wanna stop all blame, okay? We have to stop blaming. Never blame anybody, you know? Even if, even if something bad happens to me, like say for example, um, you know, I'm driving a car or something and somebody hits me, you know? And, you know, my car gets damaged or whatever and it's really no fault of my own, but somebody else hit me, okay? Well, you know what the truth is? Maybe I could have been a little bit more alert, you know? Maybe I could have had my eyes open a little bit more and noticed that, okay, you know what? Somebody's coming to hit me and I can do something. See, because when we put the onus on ourselves, it allows us to learn from our mistakes. If we don't put the onus on ourselves, then there's no way that we can actually learn from what happened. If we're blaming other people, then we're not putting the attention on ourselves. Putting the attention on ourselves allows us to learn and adjust, you know, and improve. That's the whole idea, okay? So we've got to stop blaming everybody. And we've got to take responsibility. And you know, this is not a negative thing. It's in fact, it's very, very empowering. It's only when we realize that we are truly responsible, you know, that we are able to make changes in our life. I mean, if we're responsible for putting ourselves in this position because of the actions that we've taken before, that means that the actions that we take right now can put us in a different position in the future. That's a very, very empowering thought right there. Okay, so the next step to accepting responsibility is accepting this moment as it is. Okay, so I'm talking about this moment, this moment right now, this moment right now, it is inevitable. Okay, 
this moment right now, it cannot be changed, right? There's nothing that we can do about it. The universe is exactly as the universe is supposed to be right now. There's no need for us to fight it. There's no need for us to be angry about the way that things are because there's nothing that we can do about this moment. See, this moment is inevitable. The next moment, we don't know, you know? 10 years from now, we don't know, but this moment is inevitable. So it's better for us to accept it. See, accepting something, you know, the degree to which you love something is the degree to which you are willing to accept it, truly accept it. You know, I love my children, I love my wife. The reason why is because I truly accept them for who they are, you know? No matter what they do, I will still accept them for who they are. And that allows me to love them. So if I can love this moment, you know, uh, the way that it is and truly accept it, right? Then that's when I can actually be joyful, you know? And we can accomplish great things, especially when we're joyful, right? So now once you get to this place, right? A place where you realize that it's your decisions that have brought you to the point that you are, that you are responsible for your life 100% and then you truly accept this moment, okay? That's when all of a sudden the power comes back in our hands. And that's when the power comes back in our hands and we're able to shape our destiny with this power that we're wielding, okay? So, you know, the ancients had many, many words for this concept, right? Um, you know, in many religious texts, in fact, almost every single culture, almost every single religious or spiritual text has a reference to this concept that I'm talking about. The concept of you are responsible, that I am responsible, that we are responsible okay, for our lives. You know, in ancient times, they used to call it the law of sowing and reaping. Okay. That which you sow, so shall you reap. Okay. It basically means that what you're reaping right now is what you've sown in the past. So that goes to say that if we were to sow something different right now, then in the future, we would reap, be reaping something different. You know, so it's the same idea. It means that our life is in our hands, right? Um, you know, in, in South Asia, in East Asia, they call this idea the idea of karma, okay? The idea of karma is that the things that we've done in the past affect us, you know, right now, okay? Uh, the way that, you know, the tendencies that we had in the past, the habits that we had in the past, and the, because of the things that we've done before, those are our habits and tendencies right now, you know? It's the same idea. And, you know, uh, in the Western world, you know, science calls this the law of cause and effect, okay? The life that we live right now is the effect, right? Our decisions, you know, and our actions up to this point are the cause of this effect, okay? This is the most foundational concept that one has to grasp if one truly wants to achieve something great in their lives, guys. Okay. Okay, next what I want to talk about is that success leaves clues, okay? So we don't necessarily need to reinvent the wheel. Whatever it is that somebody wants to achieve, you know, say for example, I want to be a great swimmer. I want to be the greatest swimmer um, in the world, you know, or the greatest swimmer of all time, 
right? Now, if I was to try and go and figure out how to be the greatest swimmer of all time on my own, okay, I probably would have a hard time getting there because there's going to be a steep learning curve. If I have to learn everything by trial and error, you know, it's going to be very difficult for me to figure everything out. What would be much smarter for me to do is for me to identify somebody that has already achieved the goal that I want to achieve and to model them. So what I would do is I would find somebody who's maybe the greatest swimmer in the world. Maybe I would find a guy like Michael Phelps or something. Okay. I would take a guy like Michael Phelps and then I would look at what he does. What are his routines? What does he eat? How does he train? You know, when did he start? When does he stop? I would try and figure out everything about him. What is his techniques like? I would watch videos about him. I would try and model him. And that's going to make it so that this steep learning curve that I had, you know, is going to flatten out quite a bit, actually. And it's going to make it super easier, you know, or much, much easier, I should say, for me to be able to accomplish whatever my goals are. So in the same way, when it comes to being successful in anything, whether it's successful financially or whether, you know, it's successful in your relationships or it's success in your body that you're after or whatever it is that you're after, there's people that have overcome the same circumstances that you have overcome and currently have what you want right now. And all you have to do is find out who those people are and do the same thing that they did. Okay. Because there's a recipe, you know, there's a recipe for success. Like the law of cause and effect says, you know, if you do the same causes that those people did, then you will have the same effect that they did. You know, if I'm trying to make a uh, apple pie, and I'm following a recipe and I follow the recipe right to the T. I'm going to make an apple pie every single time. 100% of the time, I'm going to be able to make an apple pie. Okay. It's very simple. But if I screw up the recipe, I might come up with something else. Or if I don't do things in the order that they're supposed to be done, I might come up with something else than an apple pie. Okay. So what we want to do is we want to identify who it is already has what we want to have. And it's time for us to start modeling them, you know, finding their recipe and start cooking with their recipe. That's the quickest way for us to achieve uh, a lot of success in something. Okay. So the way that this course is going to be structured, I'm going to structure this course as sort of like a step-by-step -step action plan. Okay. Where at the end of each of the segments, I'm going to be asking you guys, if you're really involved and you're all in with me on this, to do a few exercises, okay? Because this is this is an experiential experience, right? The, the amount that you get out of it is gonna be in direct relation to how involved you are in the process. And being involved in the process means more than just watching me do a huge rant, you know, about how to be successful. It means actually taking action, you know? It, knowledge is not power, knowledge is potential power, right? Knowledge is potential power only if it is acted upon does knowledge become power. Okay. Action is true power. You know, power is defined as the ability to take action. Okay. So at the end of each of the chapters, there's going to be action exercises that I'm going to, you know, suggest. All right. And you know, all we're going to be doing is we're going to be duplicating the results that successful people have had in the past and the research that I've done, you know, is going to be 
has, is very extensive and involves, you know, hundreds and hundreds of the most successful people of all time. And we're going to be modeling ourselves after the techniques that they use. So you can rest assured that the information that I'm going to be giving you, if acted upon, is going to make radical changes in your life. Okay. All right. So thoughts are things. Okay. Thoughts are things. Think about this. Everything in the physical world is made of energy. Okay. You know, scientists, quantum physics has taught us that when we go all the way down with, with the most powerful microscope that we have, everything, you know, in this physical world is made of spirals of energy. Okay. Now they were also able to identify that thoughts, when we have a thought, we have an impulse and that our thoughts are also energy that is vibrating at a certain frequency. Okay. So our thoughts are also energy, just like everything else is. So, you know, if this computer is a thing and it's made of energy, then my thoughts, which are also made of energy, are also a thing. Okay. So all inventions were once thought. So look around the room that you're in right now. You know, there's a, I've got a lamp over here, right? Uh, I've got a desk. All of these inventions were once a thought in somebody's mind. They all began as a thought. Everything around us that was man-made first began as a thought. That stool, you know, the, the spoon, the fork, it all started as a thought and then it became an invention, okay? So the way that we think has a tremendous effect on our lives because our thoughts are literally things that we put out into the world, right? So let me give you an example. If I was to go and stand on the edge of a cliff, right? The truth is, if I'm standing on the edge of a cliff, that place where I'm standing is as stable as any other part of the world, right? If I was walking down a road uh, or standing on a road, you know, I wouldn't be nervous at all. The reason why is because I'm standing on something that is totally stable. But if I'm standing on the edge of a cliff and I start looking down, if I start peering down and I start seeing the waves crashing, you know, into the cliff and I start thinking about my death potentially, then what's going to happen is my legs are going to start shaking. I'm going to start trembling a little bit. The reason why is because when we visualize something in our mind, our subconscious mind cannot differentiate between imagined uh, visualizations and real visualizations. Okay. So, so our mind, you know, and our body is sort of like a tool. It's a tool that does exactly what we want it to do. And if we start thinking that I'm going to die, I'm going to die. If I fall off this cliff, the body starts thinking, do you really want to fall off this cliff? Well, maybe we should start shaking our legs. You know, maybe that's what you want. So in the same way, we have to be very, very careful about what it is that we think about, because the most powerful um, activity that we can do, you know, the most powerful thing at our disposal, what separates man from the other animals, you know, in the world is our ability to think. You know, this is the most powerful tool that we have been given is this ability to think. And so we need to guard 
you know, uh, our mind and make sure that what we're thinking about is taking us towards our goals and not away from them. Okay. So like I said, the starting point of all achievement is when we begin to take responsibility for our lives, right? Now that's the first step. Many people will get to that first step where they will realize that, listen, you know what? I am responsible. Okay. Many people will get to that first step, but far fewer people will actually get to the second step. And the second step is what I consider to be the highest form of maturity. Okay. And the highest form of maturity is when you take responsibility, not just for your actions, but you take responsibility for your thoughts and your feelings. Okay. If somebody yells at me and I get angry, it's not because of them that I got angry. You know, nobody else has the power to make me be angry except for myself. You know, I got angry because of the way that I responded. You know, what is responsibility? Response ability, two words. You know, I have the ability to respond however it is that I want. That is my ability if I'm conscious, right? So, you know what? I'm going to get into a lot of different uh, tactics about how, you know, I don't want to get too heavy with you guys, but I'm going to get into a lot of different tactics about how it is that we can get into this. But right now, this is just an overall framework. And I want you to just sort of build a bit of a foundation of what it is that we're going to talk about. And I'm going to get into each of these subjects in a very, very deep place. But right now, all I want you to understand is your thoughts are very, very important. Okay. Don't let an errant thought be going around in your mind. Ask yourself, what's that thought doing there? What's that? Does it serve me? You know, should I replace it with another thought? Okay. So we've got thoughts and then we've got feelings. And when we mesh those things together, thoughts with feelings, it becomes like a heat seeking missile. Okay. The more feeling we have attached to a thought, the more powerful the thought becomes. And that thought starts to vibrate. Remember how we talked about thoughts are, are, you know, spirals of energy vibrating. Okay. Science has taught us that, but the more emotion we have with that thought, the more that vibration takes place, the stronger that vibration is. Okay. And what that can do is it can activate our subconscious mind, right? So our subconscious mind is like a vast storehouse of everything that we've ever done. Okay. Uh, many people call this, many people have different names for this. You know, Ralph Waldo Emerson called this the oversoul. You know, he said that we live in the lap of immense intelligence. Some people call this the collective consciousness. Some people call it infinite intelligence, right? But let me put it to you this way. I can pick up my phone and I can talk to somebody on the other side of the world with my phone. Okay. That means that data, that information is traveling through the airwaves. Okay. So if, if man can make something that can allow information to travel through the airways, then don't you think that nature can also make something that can allow information to travel through the airways? So for example, look at bees, you know, bees can communicate with each other, right? Um, you know, through sort of signals, right? They can send signals to each other and communicate that way. Okay. So nature already has this potential. What I'm trying to say is that intelligence is around us constantly. And when we believe something, you know, with a lot of emotion and we have a thought that has a lot of emotion, then the forces of nature start conspiring in order to make it so. Okay. A great man once said that Ralph Waldo Emerson actually said that the moment a man 
thinks of it, the entire universe starts conspiring to make it so. Okay, if man thought of it, then it must exist. So this is a tool at our disposal, being able to think, you know, being able to tap into this infinite intelligence, this oversoul, this conscious mind, the subconscious mind, whatever it is that you want to call it. So just be aware of this, that these are some of the tools that we have at our disposal. And the number one tool that we have at our disposal to be able to achieve everything that we've ever wanted to achieve in our entire lives is our thoughts. Okay. I want to talk about how to make it so that that thought is super powerful. Okay. We touched on this briefly. Okay. I want to talk about planting a thought in fertile soil, right? Now a seed that is planted on barren ground is never going to germinate. All right. So in the same way, if we have thoughts, you know, and we want those thoughts to end up becoming a realization in our life. Like we have a thought, you know, that thought is that we want to be the number one swimmer in the world. Okay. If we really want that thought to become a realization, what we have to do is we have to plant that thought in the very, very fertile soil of desire. Okay. The fertile soil of desire is the emotion that our thought needs in order to, for it to become more powerful and for it to become vibrating in a stronger frequency. Okay. Once we plant that thought in the fertile soil of desire, okay, what we need after that is to constantly be watering that seed with persistence and with faith. Okay. If we plant that seed with soil and then we water that seed with persistence and faith, that's what's going to allow that seed to end up germinating and glowing, growing into a powerful plant. Okay. Or a huge tree or something that no longer needs us to look after it anymore. Okay. So like I said, a thought that is backed with emotion is very, very powerful. Okay. People have known this for a long time, you know, many, many years, uh, you know, or for many years, I should say, people have been praying, you know, they've been praying with as much force as they can. Now, some people believe in the power of prayer. Some people don't. I happen to be somebody that does believe in the power of prayer. Okay. Because I, you know, have learned so many things about, um, the way that, you know, our thoughts are able to help us manifest things. Okay. But in the past, people would, would do things like curse, you know, they would curse somebody. They would look at somebody. They would say something to somebody with so much disgust. They would give them an evil eye. They would curse at them with so much disgust that people believed that something bad happened. And oftentimes something bad did happen to that person. Okay. So there's no science, you know, to basically back curses and prayers up. Right. But what I do know is that thoughts are things. Okay. And that we make our thoughts more powerful with the emotions that we attach to them. Okay. But for many, many years, the ancients have been referring to this, you know, curses, prayers, these kind of things. Um, you know, the, the mysteries and everything, the secrets have always been there for us to hear. Okay. Now, another thing that I want to bring to your attention and another tool in our disposal, along with these thoughts, you know, is of course our brain. Okay. And the way that our brain can help us is once our brain knows what it is that we want, because we've given it a thought. Okay. It starts activating 
what's called our reticular activating system, okay? And what the reticular activating system is, is sort of a filter that our brain has put to filter out all of the information that comes in so that only the most relevant information basically comes to us, okay? If this filter wasn't already there, then it would literally be so much information that we would be absorbing that we could we would literally pass out because there's so much information coming in through the air, you know, and in front of us, our senses. So this information is coming in, our body has to have a way, our brain has to have a way of filtering it and only bringing the information to our attention that the brain believes is something that we're interested in. Okay, it's almost like how social media and Google and things like that uh, put stuff in front of us that they believe that we're going to be interested in, except that nature and our brain does this 10,000 times better and in a much more powerful way than Google or social media ever could. Okay, so once our brain knows what it is that I want, like if 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 my brain knows that I want to become the greatest swimmer in the world because I've got this thought and I've put that thought there and I've meshed it together with desire, with that emotion, and I've been persistent with it, you know, and I have faith in it, then the brain knows, then the brain knows that, listen, this man wants to become the greatest swimmer of all time. So let's bring the man the information that he needs. Okay. And that's where all of this, when I talk about the subconscious mind, the collective subconscious, the oversoul, the infinite intelligence, this information that is constantly flowing around us, you know, that's when the information that is useful to us starts coming to us because our brain is vibrating in a certain frequency because of the thoughts that we have put out there. Okay. So uh, if I want to be the greatest swimmer in the world, all of a sudden I might getting, I might start getting thoughts about what I can do, what kind of routines I can start, you know, uh, adjustments that I can make. What can I do with my diet? You know, what can I do uh, with my, you know, uh, training outside of the pool? Right. What can I do, you know, in terms of, you know, my spirituality, everything, you know, those ideas are going to come to me now. Right. So we have to be clear about what we want and then we have to have a burning desire for it. Okay, That's how this stuff works. And then lastly, we need to keep watering that seed, you know, of of desire. Right. With faith and persistence. We've just got to keep on keeping on. Right. And this is basically how the law of sowing and reaping basically works. You know, we don't need to understand how it works or why it works that way. You know, we don't, why spend our time trying to figure out why it works that way, right? It just works that way. All we need to do is go with the flow, right? Like I said, don't fight it, accept the universe as it is. The universe is exactly as it should be. I want to talk about success consciousness versus failure consciousness. Okay. So let me give you, tell you what the difference is. If you're constantly thinking about the successes that you've had and the success that you're about to achieve, you are success conscious. Now, if you're constantly thinking about the failure, you know, of what you're doing and the failures that you've had in the past, then you are failure conscious. Okay. Like I said, we've got to guard our mind. You know, our thoughts are very, very powerful. What we keep thinking about is what we're going to attract into this world. You know, the law of attraction states that we become what we think about most of the time. So if we think about how we're a failure all the time, 
then we're going to be a failure. You know, if I think about why I'm so fat, why I'm so fat, why I'm so fat, well, the body tells me because you're a pig, you know, my mind tells me because you're a pig. So what we have to do is we have to always put our thoughts on what we want and not what we don't want. Okay. Um, and like I said, we've got to have desire, persistence and faith. Okay. Now, the more definite we are in our purpose, the higher the likelihood of our success. Okay. So you've got to go all in, you know, once you have this desire, once you know exactly what it is, you have this thought, then you've got to go all in with it. Okay. You've got to give it a hundred percent. And that's when the miracle, you know, of nature is going to start working in your direction, conspiring for whatever it is that you want to achieve to actually take place. All right. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. Okay. William Ernest Henley wrote a poem called Invictus in which he said that I'm the master of my fate. I'm the captain of my soul. Okay. Now, the reason why he's the master of his fate and the captain of his soul is because he has the power to control his thoughts. Okay. That's what he realized. And that's what that poem is about. And that's what I meant when I said that the highest form of maturity is when we take responsibility, not just for our actions, but for our thoughts and for our feelings. Okay. Once you start realizing that you are in control of your thoughts and you start using your thoughts, you know, to propel you towards your goals, that's when success starts to come your way almost effortlessly. Okay. So take conscious control of your thoughts this very moment and for the rest of your life. Make a decision that for from now on to the rest of your life, you're going to be living consciously. Okay. Every single decision that you make, you're going to do it consciously. You're not going to do it automatically. Okay. When we start doing things automatically, that's when we stop being a human being. Okay. Because a human being was given the power to think you know, and to control his thoughts. So always make sure that your thoughts are moving you towards your goals and not away from them. Now, the question is, what do you want? Okay. What do you want? I want to give you a simple three-step formula for achieving what you want in a nutshell, because achieving what you want is actually very, very simple. Okay. Now I'm going to do a deep dive into this. Okay. In the future, I'm going to do a very, very deep dive into this, you know, into each of these concepts, but from a, from a 10,000, um, you know, square feet above the ground. Look, here's the three steps. Number one, decide what you truly want. Okay. Plant the seed in fertile soil, right? Like I said, identify what price you have to pay in order to achieve your purpose. Okay. So we talked about modeling, find somebody else. What was the price that they paid? You're probably going to have to pay the same price. What's the recipe. Okay. Number three, resolve to pay that price and never give up. Never, ever, ever give up. They asked Winston Churchill once, what's the key to success? He said, never give up. Never, ever, ever, ever give up is what he said. So that's where the faith and the persistence comes in. Okay. So over the next 15 lessons, we're going to dive very, very deep into this formula. 
okay? And I'm not just going to be telling you guys what it is. I'm going to be offering suggestions on what it is that you guys can do, actions that you guys can take so that you can be more in tune, you know, with this particular philosophy, okay? And so the action exercise that I promised uh, that I'm going to give you guys is that I want you to think about the desire that you truly want, okay, that you will be willing to apply these principles on. Think of this as a little project, okay? You're going to be doing a project. The project is you're going to be learning about personal development. But as opposed to just learning about personal development, you're going to learn and apply. And you might as well actually learn and apply it to something that you really, really, truly want. Because you know what might end up happening? You might end up getting it. It might end up changing your life. And you might end up living the life of your dreams if you follow some of these suggestions that I want to give you. You don't have to take my word for it. I'm a work in progress just like you guys, but I want you to take the word of my mentors. I want you to take the word of people like Jim Rohn, people like Brian Tracy, people like Anthony Robbins, people like Napoleon Hill, okay? These are my mentors that I've been studying for, for years and years and read, you know, hundreds of books on this particular subject. And I want to share that information with you. Don't take it from me, take it from them. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. God bless you, and uh, hopefully I'll have an opportunity to be able to share some ideas with you guys in the future as well. Have a great evening. Bye-bye. All right, that concludes today's episode of the Body, Mind, Soul Project Join us next time where we continue to drop value bombs aimed to be total game changers for you. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for more updates. Stay blessed, kings and queens.